right? So understand that there's no one set diet for anybody, any particular moment in their life, right? Because they're always changing. We always need different things. Increase plant diversity because each plant that we eat has a different fiber in it. And each fiber is a prebiotic. Now, what most people don't realize is that your immune system is basically your gut lining, right? Because you're, you're, it's inside of there. This is the Energetic Leader, led by a team of three who have influenced people at the highest level of corporate, athletic, entrepreneur, and the business world. We teach through science and data-driven methods to help you lead through energy and influence. We don't just use our stories, but the stories of those who have walked the walk, been in your shoes, and ultimately excelled. Whether it's leading a team of 10 or 10,000, building a business of 1 million or 100 million, winning one championship or 10, they all have one thing in common, energetic leadership. So with that, step inside and let's help transform you into that energetic leader. Welcome back to another week of the Coaches Council. And as always, we are diving in to give you tangible takeaways in which you can apply immediately to your life to enhance you not only in business, not only at home, not only personally, but in every aspect of your life. And I don't care if you're into keto, I don't care if you're into paleo, I don't care if you're into not eating at all. Our gut health is so key to making sure that we can be that longevitarian, that person that can be here now, but also be here 40, 50, 60, 70 years from now and operating at that high level. And so we reached out to the guy that does it extremely well, is extremely well-versed, has been on the coaching side, has been on the research side, has been on the book writing side, the author side, but also in the weeds in the restauranteering side. And we went to no other than Scott Stanfield. And you guys today are going to really dive in and get some key takeaways and metrics of things that are going to optimize your gut health, no matter what restaurant you're eating at, what to look at, or how you can do it at home to make your own longevitarian restaurant. So Scott, thank you so much for uh, being with us today and taking the time. That was my pleasure. I really appreciate you being, uh, having me on the show, Justin. So Scott, I'd, I'd love to dive in a little bit. And you've got such a unique background being in the restaurant scene, being in the coaching scene, being in the kind of, uh, as, as you've called it, the longevitarian scene. What, what is it about it? What is your background history that kind of really dove you into this space and, and led to you to doing a lot of the work that you do now? Wow. It's a, you know, it's a long story. I try to make it as fast as I can. I'm a, I'm a big talker, so I'll, I'll do it. But, um, I, you know, I was always interested in health. I mean, you, I know you, you know, obviously play professional sports and those things. And I played, I didn't play, but I drove, go-karts, racing go-karts. And at some point around 16, 17, I realized I needed to start lifting weights uh, to, to perform better driving the cart. And uh, because we had no seat belts to hold us in the seats, we barely had some wraparound seats around our rib cage. And it was, you know, holding your helmet, holding your head up with a helmet on, going around these asphalt ovals, you know, pulling multiple Gs. And so I started getting into health that way. My mom was a aerobics instructor, did a mat, you know, macro, biotic type diet, you know, for a short period of time. And, um, and when I was in college, I was vegetarian. I was, you know, drinking spirulina with, you know, all the wrong way with like non-organic apple juice and bananas and frozen, frozen blueberries and you're know, doing this high sugar diet. But 
And then I got away from it, you know, all that stuff in the restaurant business and gained weight 40 pounds twice. Uh, and then when my parents, my dad turned 55, he got prostate cancer, had to go through chemo and surgery, have his prostate removed. He survived. He's 72 now. Um, two couple years later, my mom was also 55 years old, got uterine cancer, had to have a hysterectomy. And uh, I was, you know, 31, 33, 40 pounds overweight. I became a vegetarian again. I'm married. I had married a pescatarian. We became we really tightened up our diets. What we thought those things were there, but multiple inspirations. One inspir- inspired to perform better as a, you know, as better in the beginning of, you know, of my life really as an adult. Uh, and then lost my way with that. Then got a wake up call with this, with my parents both getting cancer. You know, my dad's dad passed away at age 62 when I was like nine years old. So cancer on my dad's side of the family and the men were there. And then also my uncle uh, passed away of prostate cancer. My dad's two other best friends, one prostate, one colon cancer. So um, I started seeing all these things from a environmental standpoint. It wasn't just genetics. And so I still really started looking at it that way as well. So, um, and then, you know, then wanting to perform better as I started getting older, you know, I turned 49 next month. I'm 48 years old now. So wanting to perform better as a restaurant manager to be there for team, the company, my, to support my family day in and day out. So all those things really kind of came into play. It makes total sense because so often there needs to be a catalyst to getting interested in something. There needs to be a catalyst to really wanting to dive in. And as we sit here and we look at what we've just been through in terms of uh, the state of our uh, economy, the state of uh, with COVID and everything else with the, the need and desire and focus to truly be on our health has only been expedited, has only been exponentially grown. And so I'm curious if you could explain to a lot of the listeners what gut biome means, what it's really all about, what the purpose of truly understanding what you're putting into your body is and the ways in which we can maximize our health and realize the signs and symptoms that maybe things are not working quite well for us. Okay. That's a big, big topic. I'll try to break that down <laughs> really <laughs> for, for you here. Uh, well, first thing, let's say, say this. You and, when you and I were kids, you know, we used to say we are what we eat, right? I don't know if you remember that going around school, right? We are what we eat. But we literally are what we eat, right? So if you're, you know, going through the drive-through to you list whatever fast foods, you know, like Arby's, you know, Wendy's, you know, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, right? Highly processed foods, eating bags of Doritos, those type of things. That's what your body's building cells out of. It has no choice because that's the only fuel and building blocks that you're giving it. But if you're, you know, eating lots of plants or those, you know, plants or grass-fed wild-caught proteins, if you eat protein, um, those type of things is what the, your fuel and building blocks you're giving your body to, um, to, to build and replenish cells with. Now, also, what we eat matters, but also when we eat matters. Intermittent fasting is a huge thing, I, and that's how I lost 40 pounds the second time. Nine years ago, as I was turning 40, went to the doctor. I was 202 pounds. Uh, we were talking about my frame and my size. I'm five foot ten. My optimum weight's about 150, 160, let's say 160, 165, depending on how much muscle I have on my body. I've been as low as 157 a couple of times, but that's tough to, for me to maintain. Um, but when we look at our gut, really, um, we, the buzzwords now are probiotics. And we're starting to hear about prebiotics 
and if you're doing doing any reading on anything like uh, Fiber Fueled by Dr. Will B, um, I, you, I don't know if this is a video or not, but you got that book right here. Um, there's also postbiotics, you know, short chain fatty acids are produced by the, the uh, bacteria in our gut. But the biggest thing about it is you have to look at your gut as a, uh, in, in an ecosystem. You know, we hear about the microbiome, the good bacteria, but there's also other things that live in our gut. There are viruses that live in our gut. Um, there are parasites. There are um, yeast and fungus that live in there. And so in any ecosystem, you have to have balance in that and the proper balance in that. And how do you know that you have a proper balance? Well, it's a really um, tough question. And, and I, I tell a quick story here. My son, when he was in preschool, made um, a, like a terrarium, right? In a jar, right? With all this little bit of dirt, a little bit of water, a little bit of plants and stuff in there. It lived for seven years until my daughter, who was like six years old, she cracked the seal on it and then put it back. And then it all died because it changed the environment inside that jar there. And um, back in December, you know, um, I did multiple things during this COVID season to really kind of change where I was. And one of them was um, inadvertently really trying to um, stimulate my liver to produce glutathione by doing coffee enemas. And, and that also, um, and I know I'm kind of extreme. We don't, I know we, we're going to talk about poop and those type of things, right? But, and you're smiling now, but that led me into. I love it. I love it. We go everywhere here. We want to get deep. Right, right, right. So I did 28 coffee enemas in 29 days, right? And I did that because I had this really big breakout on my skin, right? On my side of my face is really big, like eczema, psoriasis breakout. And most people don't know this, but your skin is the second, is the backup plan for detoxing when your liver is, uh, is overloaded. With, and because we, we're in this modern world of having to expel all these toxins that we did not have to do 50 years ago. Roundup, glyphosate you know, estrogenetics, like things that are stored in plastic and things like that. There's all these things our bodies are having to, and our liver is having to process and get out. But, but anyway, I said, um, um, I, 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 I took a test online and it said that I was high in candida. And this is back to getting to your balance of your gut flora, or it's called your, we tear microbiome, but it's really your microbiota. The whole ecosystem is the biota, right? And that's what we're, what we're looking at. So I did this candida cleanse 14 day 10 candida cleanse where you had these uh, capsules you take and this tincture you take twice a day my entire body broke out in a rash my entire body like literally you can see you can go back to my episodes from my live show had red splotches on my neck so not on my face but from my neck down all the way to my ankles was in a rash and what happens is when candida die-off happens, right, and this is the first step I think that everybody should do is really try to get your microbiota ecosystem in balance, right? Because if you said, hey, I just want to, like, increase my plant diversity, but you have, and to feed the good, you know, bacteria, what if you have a yeast overgrowth, right? You have to balance that out. So when yeast dies, candida albicans dies, it releases up to 70 toxins into your body, and my liver couldn't keep up. So then the skin being the backup plan for getting toxins out of the body, it expelled, it expressed itself in a rash and to do that. And um, there's multiple things. You can look up like candida cleanse diets. You can look up, you know, candida cleanses, you know, and I got the box right here. Let me grab this. It's, um, this is the one I did. And 
um, I don't make any money from this or, you know, I'm just, I, but this is the one that I found at Whole Foods and I just got it. So it's a called Candy Smart. And I think a combination of doing the enemas, um, combination of stop drinking alcohol because the, the, the sugars and alcohol and the fermentation and all that stuff feeds candida. Um, I was already been keto for five years, so I haven't had grains and sugars and those type of things. It just took time for me to get to the right spot to where all those things happen. So the first step is to get your microbiota and balance and figure out whether you have, whether you're in or out of balance with your yeast. I think that'd be the first step. The second step would be increased plant diversity because each plant that we eat has a different fiber in it. And each fiber is a prebiotic to feeding the bacteria and your microbiome inside your, your gut. And then, um, you know, and when you talk about plant diversity, um, you know, it also includes eating, you know, mostly organic, or if you have um, a local farmer's market, or if you want to order food from Farmer Lee Jones, just Google Farmer Lee Jones has um, some amazing produce that he actually works on the soil and selects the right seeds. And so, and he has a lab on his farm and their food is sometimes three to 600, 300 to 600% more nutrient dense than the organic produce that they buy at their local Whole Foods and test it against. So eating nutrient dense food as well that does not or has very little toxins in it so you're not overloading your system and having to do this. Now what most people don't realize is that your immune system is basically your gut lining, right? Because you're, you're, it's inside of there. So you have a leaky gut, that stuff is gonna get through or um, if you're going to, you know, or not feed the, you know, your, your microbiome or microbiota, the proper fiber, right, by having plant diversity and getting the microbiome from each one of these plants, right? So diversity is the biggest key. So get as many different plants you can in and getting as many, as much fiber as you can. 97% of Americans are deficient in fiber, even with the lower standards set by our government. So Fiber's huge, and I'm not talking Metamucil like grandma used to do in the, the mix, right? I'm actually get, get it from plants, right, is where you can. I think something really interesting that you were talking about was in that whole plant diversity aspect. Mm -hmm. And the as, as humans, we tend to want to go, okay, what's good for me to eat? Right. And then you just start – someone to say, oh, chicken's good for you, or uh, spinach is good for you, or kale is good for you. And you're like, okay, that's all I'm going to eat. That's that I found what I love. I'm going to eat it. And this is what I'm going to do. And you go all in on something. I mean, we live in this world of massive swings where how, how many times you hear somebody go, I'm just going to do nothing but hit style workouts, or I'm going to do nothing but sprint workouts, or I'm going to do nothing but um, train for marathon. I'm going to train for marathon, do marathon running. I'm going to run a mile a day for the next year. Mm -hmm. And we, we live in this life of extremes. and I want to dive a little deeper onto this topic of, of diversity of what you put into your body because it is so key to be able to make sure that we are getting the diversity because there are different nutrients that each item has mm -hmm. and nourish us in a unique way. Right. Also to your point of the toxicity that goes on within our body of certain things that we're eating, our body is meant to flush right. our, our, our toxins that we take in. Now there's a certain level of toxicity in which we want to try to avoid the less, mm -hmm. the better, 
but we need to be having the diverse aspect of things to make sure that we are equipped to handle that, but also equipped to flush what our system gets exposed to. Right. So let's talk, let's talk about food, right? Because, you know, for me being, you know, a, a re, in the restaurant food and beverage industry, I was a director of food and beverage at a hospital for over three years, right? So I learned a lot about diets there. That's where I was working when I lost 40 pounds for the second time. And so here's the interesting thing, right? We do kind of get stuck in ruts in a lot of ways, but then we also like, hey, I'm going to switch extreme, go to a different extreme, right? Uh, you know, most families uh, have about 10 meals that they repeat over and over and over again, right? Tonight's taco night, tonight's spaghetti night, tonight's this night. You know, we're going to have a piece of fish tonight. We're going to have steak on Sundays, whatever. They just rotate between those same things. They go to the store and they basically have their own order guide. As you're using restaurant terms, we have an order guide to order food for that's on our menu. We use broccoli in these or, two dishes. I, I, I'm resonating so heavily with this because what you start to do is you start to go in their grocery store. You're like, oh, I go here, I go here, I go here, I go yes. here. So you repeat yourself over and over and over again, right? And so it's like, um, you know, it's like, okay, you go to, you, you walk in and you're like, oh, I need avocados. I'm talking about me, right? So I see avocado, right? And then, okay, I, uh, I need, you know, organic blueberries. I need that. I need limes, right? And I go over to the green section and I go over there, but how many of us go for the dandelion greens when we actually buy mescaline spring mix or, you know, romaine for to make a Caesar salad or something like that. And I'm, 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 I'm walking through my whole food. You see me moving around. Right. But, but my, my point being is that, you know, when is the last time we actually went to the grocery store and said, Hey, I want to try something new. Like, you know, but things that are, may have been like grandma ate or grandpa ate or great grandparents used to make, but we don't eat anymore. Right. But and it has this very small section in the produce section. And so we repeat these things over and over and over again. And what if your diet, even your new diet, is has some nutrient deficiencies in? You may feel great right now because you eliminated something or you added something that helps you. You eliminated something that was hurting you, you added something that helps you, vice versa, one of the two, right? But then six months down the road of eating that same thing over and over again, you created a nutrient deficiency or fiber deficiency or prebiotic fiber deficiency because now you're not feeding that gut microbiome. You know, I'm a, I'm a, when it comes to diets, I'm pretty much as geeky as it gets, right? So I've done plant-based. I've done plant-based keto. I've done carnivore. I used to like months of just like as much carnivore as I could, could handle, right? But here's the thing. I feel just as good on a short-term carnivore diet as I do on a short-term plant-based diet. When you did those, did you measure any metrics such as uh, any, any blood testing, any biomarking, any uh, HRV, any sleep quality stuff, I, anything like that? You know, I didn't, I didn't measure anything like that with the, any type of AI biometrics or have any blood work done. No. Um, there, you know, I, I think I, I, I'm a little old school, right? How do, you know, I literally like take notes. How do I feel this morning and what did I eat yesterday? Right. So I'm really like taking notes on this, uh, you know, to, to see, see what it, what it is. Right. And also I try to like pay attention to what my body's craving, you know, in, in the moment. And, you know, and, and if, if I'm craving something, what is in that? And I found a lot of times, cause I'm an avid intermittent faster, I've been intermittent fasting for nine years. A lot of times I start craving things in the afternoons that have lots of salt in them. So now I keep on my desk, you know, here, you know, my, my Redmond's, 
you know, real salt that's mined here in Utah. So I can put a little bit under my tongue and, 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 and do that so I can go a little bit longer because when you're in restaurants and you see sheet pans of bacon sitting there, right. That, and you're on a carnivore diet, you know, you're like, you know, how much bacon can one man eat without dying right in the afternoon. Right. So totally. you know, it's like, you really, really go down that trail, but no, I didn't track any of those things, but here's the reason why I think I feel just as good on one as I do the other. And that is, um, it eliminates things from my diet that actually were not working for me. Right. Both of them did. If I'm doing a vegan diet, I'm eliminating dairy. I'm eliminating, you know, and I'm already keto. So I'm not eating breads and grains and those type of things. You know, carnivore diet, I'm, what am I eliminating on that side? I'm eliminating dairy. I'm eliminating a lot of things that way. So um, another man's, you know, um, you know, one, one man's, you know, I guess poison is another man's gold, right? You know, you can look at it that way. Like, I have no problems eating red bell peppers, right? But I was listening to Dave Asprey just yesterday, and he says it gives him rheumatoid arthritis when he eats red bell peppers. Um, a friend of mine that I worked with in Santa Monica at a restaurant, um, he goes, they would make family meal. And he's like, I can't eat it because it has red peppers in it. My body doesn't digest red peppers and I will puke them all back up in whole pieces. Right. And so wow. what happens is, is that there is not a one size fits all or one size that fits most prescription to this. I think that we need to look at each one of us have a very unique microbiome microbiota. Um, because I can't tell you how many antibiotics I've had in my entire life since I was a kid, right? I can't tell you, you know, I was born a C-section and this was in the seven, early seventies. I was born in 72 before they were putting sponges in the vaginal canal to get the bacteria, you know, download from moms to wipe the baby down after they were born to make the download. I was breastfed. So that I got some, you know, um, you know, microbiome download from mom that way. But, um, but the thing is that each generation has a third less uh, diversity in their microbiota, microbiome than the one before, right? And so, yeah. you know, my wife doesn't have near the digestive problems and things like that I've had over, you know, the times that we've known each other. But she's only three generations from Europe. And I am, you know, I'm, I go back 17 generations to the Mayflower on, on my mom's side of the family, right? And yeah. so... Um, and I have multiple, you know, chronic diseases in my family. So, um, there is, um, what, when we think about epigenetics, right. And epigenetics is basically the expression of genes, right. Our genes basically tell our bodies how to, how to, the, the, how to write the proteins that they're building. Right. And we can have epigenetic scarring from generation to generation. And I can talk about studies they've done on that, at least one study they did on cats to prove this. Um, where they went, they fed them a really poor diet over four generations and, and the fourth the fifth generation couldn't reproduce anymore. Right. And so then they had to flip it around the other day, feel it, feed this uh, genetic line of cats, a um, really healthy diet. And it took to the fifth generation to where they were able to, to reproduce for the first time and, uh, you know, or, or not reproduce, but reproduce really healthy cats. Right. So it took a long time to make those changes. So what happens is, is that, you look at the food supply chain and like, you know, McDonald's and all those things coming out, we're getting into these second and third generations of really poor diets now. And we're seeing that 88% of our you know, American, you know, culture uh, are super inflamed, right? That is underlying lane of inflammation. And what does COVID do? It, it, it attacks through inflammation. 
So if you're already inflamed and you get more inflammation, you're going to have problems, right? And that's where that comes in. Hey, Energetic Leader listeners, just wanted to do a quick introduction here because without Jace and Perfect My Podcast, we would not be able to deliver such great content to you on a weekly basis. Now, Jace and his team have been phenomenal right from the beginning. It's literally, we plug it in, get the recording done, and his team looks after the rest. Production, post-production, distribution. It's amazing, and it allows us to focus more on the quality of the content, the guests we bring on, and really creating a seamless transition between us and the final content that you guys see on the end. So if you guys are looking for anybody to get your podcast up and running, to truly allow you to have your message heard by millions around the world, then you need to reach out to Jace at Perfect My Podcast. He's been absolutely outstanding and is actually willing to do your first three episodes for free just to see if the fit is right. That is how confident he is in the work that he does. So be sure to reach out to Jace at Perfect My Podcast and tell him that Justin from The Energetic Leader sent you and he's going to get you set up. With that, let's get back to the show. It's, it's such a great point to be able to bring it back to that because the, the inflammation that's going on within the body is so key and there's so many things that do it. And so when we're continually adding fuel to fire, your, your workouts are going to add inflammation right. to, your, uh, to your body. Your, the, the sympathetic overload that you're having from stress-induced things throughout the day are going to add inflammation to your body. So when you're all of a sudden going and saying, hey, I'm going to consciously eat something that is going to add to that inflammation, we are only exposing ourselves to greater probability of being infected with something or something that will truly harm us or hurt us down the road. So I'm curious as to your thought, is somebody wanting to start an audit on what they're taking in or where they're uh, to truly start cleaning up their gut biome in a unique way, where is a very base level area to start so that they can, again, enhance themselves on another level? I think the, the, this is what I do with my coaching clients. I have them um, basically just track what they eat in an app. Um, a lot of people use my fitness pal. I like fat secret because I can, there's a little, I can get net carbs and cause I like being keto, but, and you can also show fiber on there as well. And, um, and basically I just want people to have awareness of where they are in terms of, you know, um, it's not really calorie in, calories in calories out, but just an idea of calories that they get in an idea of their macros and their macro splits or percentages and kind of get an idea of that. And then also start tracking is like, what are you actually eating in a process formed? Like, I mean, on a, you know, peanut butter is processed, right? They're not in a whole way, you know, and cauliflower rice is processed, right? It's healthy and I eat a lot of it, but I can eat way more cauliflower rice than I can cauliflower florets because they just take up different amount of spaces in their body and condense levels, right? And so, and so just where you are on, on the aspect of processed foods versus non or foods that are closer to their whole state, right? You can't take a whole head of cabbage and just like roast it in the sand, just start eating it like an apple. You could, but it's not the way to do it. You're going to chop it up and saute it or shred it and put it in a coleslaw or something like that. There's different ways of doing that. Yeah. It was really unique. They did a study the other day on a lot of these plant-based burgers and plant-based like 
meets, mm -hmm. if you will. And because of the amount of processing that goes on within them, they actually had a couple of them, I won't name brand names, but a couple of them were very close to plastic. A couple of them were extremely close to um, toxins in which we were taking in throughout the body. They're not naturally in that, in that form. They're not naturally supposed to look, taste, see, smell, have the texture of anything that they're looking at there. And so the market has has and the marketing of everything has brainwashed us into thinking what is healthy what is not healthy and thus taken us further away from where we actually right. need to be you know we're obsessed with protein and we were been marketed to that we need so much protein i mean we were talking about you know exercise and working out and you know things like that and you know you know we think that we have to have a a pre-workout meal right and a post-workout meal and all these things to optimize our, our health to build muscle or whatever, live our best life or any of those type of things. And that's not true, right? It's just totally not true. I've been working out fasted for nine years. I've gone on half marathon hikes through the mountains of Utah and for, you know, 11 mile hikes for six hours on 300 calories. And I would only take green tea with me. Right. And I don't, I think the reason I took green tea with me is because I thought like, maybe if I get tired, I have at least a little caffeine to help me get, get there. Right. And, you know, it's like, but, <laughs> You know, it, but it's funny how ketosis works and how metabolic flexibility works and, and those type of things. And, but here's the thing, you know, if somebody in your family or a really dear friend was stranded 11 miles away and you were told the only way you could get there was go for a walk, right, to get there, to get to the hospital or wherever they were, you wouldn't say, wait a minute, I got to have a pre-workout meal before I go, right? You would just take off walking yeah. no matter where you were, right? And then you would get there. You would make sure everybody's all right. And somewhere around an hour or two later, you would say, you know what? I'm kind of hungry, right? But you just expended like 700 calories, right? To get there and do that. And I'm not saying that, you know, but be, um, to, to, to make fun at the, this, these type of things, it, it's just, we don't have to have it. We just don't have to have those type of things before and after around that type of stuff. So we're pre-programmed to think we need all these, all this protein when we should be asking, and, and, you know, you know, instead of asking a vegan or a vegetarian, where do you get your protein? The vegan and the vegetarian should turn around to the meat eater and go, where do you get your fiber? Right. That's really the question yeah. because the, the, the healthier your gut, we're getting back to the gut, right? So the healthier and the more balanced your gut microbiota is, the healthier you are going to be as a person. Point blank. Lower inflammation, Correct. which means lower chronic diseases, which is going to mean you're going to digest your food better. You're going to feel better. You're going to have more energy. You're going to have a stronger immune system, right? All of those things. I read an article just a um, couple of months ago about all the people in the blue zones. They asked them what their health – and blue zones are people um, in, the, in the world that have the – are the area, five areas in the world that have the highest po population per capita of people over 100 years old, Right. They asked them what their health like was in their 50s or 60s and the 70s. And they said they never got sick in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And they lived to be over 100 years old, right? And so the thing is, is that how can someone today in a modern world be a modern longevitarian and, and, and live in their 50s, 60s, and 70s without ever, without ever getting sick? That's really the goal, right? To increase our health span and the, the positive side effects increase in our lifespan. And it starts in the gut is really where it is.
getting that in balance and feeding it the right foods. I love that because guys, it, it, there's so many tools out there. There's so many quote unquote gimmicks that are, that come out from, Hey, hit up paleo. Hey, hit up this juice cleanse. Hey, hit up this diet, that diet. Not everything is good for everyone. And if you can literally deduce it down to that gut biome and the inflammation of what's going on, a lot of the things that you're good the, the, the discomforts in your stomach, the weight gain, the headaches, the energy fluctuations, they're all going to start to readily alleviate themselves. And so I'm curious if you can't give us some type of um, guideline, Scott, as to where, and, and again, you kind of already touched on it, but if somebody was like, okay, I know I need to add something to change my gut biome today. What is the first place somebody could start to do to, to begin to intake the foods that will enable them to do that? So uh, a list of, and again, we don't want to just pinpoint to a certain level because that's what we talked about doing. But if you were to give a guideline and say anything that can be picked, killed or planted or less than three ingredients or whatever it may be. What is, what is a, a simple takeaway that when somebody goes to the grocery store tonight and instead of going to bucket A, bucket C, bucket Z that they typically go to, they can now say, okay, I'm going to change my optical senses of what I'm looking for so that they can now be better set up when they walk into their house. I think, I think if we look at it a couple of ways, right? You, you know, um, it's going to be difficult to give a prescription about what you should do. I would say, first of all, go to the produce section and buy something that you haven't eaten in a long time, right? Something that's different that, that you haven't eaten and, and try to create diversity in your diet that way. I mean, I know this is kind of weird to, to talk about it this way because like, for instance, I think we should look at diets, whether it's keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, carnivore, all those tools to use at different times at different places in our lives, right? Because they all send different messaging to our bodies, into our brains, to our bodies about where we are. And not and granted, your 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 ideology about being a vegan may keep you from you know wanting to eat meat, and I totally get that, you know. Um, because you know, my wife is that way. That's that's one of the, and so I totally understand. I have empathy for people. It's like, I don't want to eat animals for this reason, or I don't want to have any animal products, no honey, no dairy, no eggs, no meat, nothing that is, you know, you know, from that. And you want to be a hundred percent plant-based, right? But realize that your ideology may not match up with your biology, right? Your biology, it determines what you really need to eat to be your best self. And, and so that's, for me, that's what I really look for. How can I optimize my, my diet to be the best self? I'll be honest with you. I had, um, I ate something that didn't agree with me and I had diarrhea for a couple of days. I fly the, I'm, a, I'm keto, right? I fly the flag for keto. I eat a lot of plants. I, um, I had rice last night, right? That's not keto, right? But when you look at a diet to help you with diarrhea, right? You brat the brat diet so you have right and so of all the things I'm, i need to be gluten-free rice is the only thing i can have so i had rice with an egg scrambled in it with two shrimp that was my dinner last night 
But I woke up this morning. That's the only thing I had to eat yesterday, plus green tea. I woke up this morning. I feel amazing. Everything's did a coffee enema. Then I had that for dinner, and so I flushed my system out. I had the I had rice, and uh, today I just had. But then today I had I had some chicken that was left over from stock we had from you know a pre cooked organic rotisserie chicken from Whole Foods that my wife had made. She had pulled the chicken out of the stock, and I cooked that and had that before we got on the show today. So I'm bouncing between these different things to use them as tools. Right. So understand that there's no one set diet for anybody, any particular moment in their life. Right. Because they're always changing. We always need different things. And so if I had to give somebody one thing. It plant diversity for fiber diversity, prebiotic fiber diversity to feed your gut microbiome, your microbiota to get that flourishing is the one step that you can do. And how can you do that? Eat more variety of plants and eat more plants. That's the, that's the thing. That's the one thing that you can do. Not getting stuck on keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, or any other diet. And because all of those people fight amongst each other about which one's the best. And it should be one. Those are one camp. Okay. It should be fighting against the standard American diet. I love it. And that's, you're so right. You're so right. Because it's what we preach all the time. Our, our audience is so used to listening and hearing those words of play your game, not the guru's game. Play what is meant for you, not what's best for the masses. High performance is not generalized. High performance is not average. High performance is what you need at, what, at, at any given point in time for you. And so I, I love that message. Uh, Scott, we always ask, um, what can our audience do for you? Mm. What your audience can do for me. Well, you know, I think that when it, you know, this, this would be my wish, right? Is that when you have a choice to make, to eat something healthy or unhealthy, just choose the healthier version, right? And healthy is this broad term, you know, like I've been, you know, connected with a lot of people over LinkedIn recently and they're like, I'm eating healthier. And and their version of healthier it may not be it. But if you have a choice between a bag of chips and a bag of nuts, choose the bag of nuts, right? Over the bag of chips, right? Because they're less processed. Choose less processed over more processed, I would say. You know, we do have, you know, I do do a live show. Um, I don't know if I, I, since you and I started talking, I started doing on Wednesdays a live cooking show where I do actually cook um, live on, on LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube. Um, and, and I kind of do these things where it's like, I'll go like, okay, there's four ways that you can cook with garlic. Right. And you know, you can, my wife likes to do it this way where she puts the, uh, you know, the oil in and she browns the garlic and, but I don't like doing it that way sometimes because I want it more raw state, you know, but then, you know, some people raw garlic doesn't do well with, right. So you have to find, you know, you know, those type of things. Right. And I'm kind of coaching and teaching and cooking and tasting all at the same time. And I'm using, you know, restaurant skills and, and those type of things. But I want to go back real quick if I can, because one thing came to mind is, um, you know, in the restaurant world, and you got to think, I've watched a lot of people eat. I've watched a lot of people get hangry in the morning. The pancakes don't show up in six and a half minutes, or they're yelling at me, you know, and stuff like that. They get two bites of pancakes, and then they're apologizing to me for because they don't know what took them over and stuff like that. But I remember on the course I took about, the Mediterranean diet years ago um, that 
you know, and, and in Europe, a lot of people go to the market every day and buy what's fresh every day, right? And in restaurants, we can get our produce delivered six days a week, right? Our frozen and our dry yeah. stuff come, or, or if your meats are coming for like, when I work for steakhouses, you would get meats like once every 10, you know, once a week, you would get a delivery for meats. But you can get produce six days, six days a week. And so I would say become a little old world and go buy some fresh produce. Um, instead of going to the grocery store once a week or once every 10 days, um, and I know you may have to put a mask on to do this or those type of things, depending on where you're living, but fresh produce, because a lot of people don't realize that the longer something sits, it actually, the bacteria on it produces histamine. And some of us may have a histamine intolerance that we're unaware of that may be causing what we think are food allergies and it's just a histamine overload, right? So eat fresher foods versus eating foods that are older or leftovers or things that are fermented or things that are older or um, getting a little age on them, if you will, in there. So there's, that was one of the things I would say is buy things that are a little bit fresher and eat things that are fresher versus and more often than it would be to you stock, stock up your freezer, stock up your dry goods for, for bad times, but don't stock up on the fresh things and feel like you need to push the envelope on those, you know, for there. I love it. That's such, such key points and such big takeaways in which people can truly apply. Where can uh, people interact with you, Scott? Uh, the best way is LinkedIn, Scott R. Stanfield, um, you know, there. Um, I am on Instagram. I'm on there a little bit at Straight Cabbage. Um, I didn't change the name of that. That's my old name for, for that. I'm on Facebook at Scott R. Stanfield. Uh, and you can get to my website by going to Strong for Longer. Dot com. We even have a post on there. Justin is one of our guests on the show, right? On the Modern Longevitarian live show um, where we, I do solo episodes. I do guests. Uh, I interview guests that are top performers in their uh, field. Everything from leadership to longevity to sports nutrition. Uh, along the way, we just had Sean Wells with his new book, The Energy Formula, coming out on Thursday. We also had a show on recovery. Saf Buxy from England. Um, he does TV shows, radio shows. I think we had, um, we talked about his story and, the, and those type of things. And, um, and then my daughter, who's 13, she and I, she produces my live cooking show for me. She reads the comments. We have overhead view, like tasty and face-to-face -face video like this. So we have multiple screens going on. And so those are the things uh, where you can catch me on, online. And that's 12 noon. Um, I'm, right now I'm doing Tuesday through Friday um, and uh, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the live show. Fantastic. I love it, Scott. Well, guys, as you go forward, buy fresh produce. Take a look at a different section of the grocery store. Stay focused on that gut biome process and stick to your whole foods because it's not about keto. It's not about paleo. It's not about pescatarian, vegetarian, any area you name it. It's about longevitarian and how we can stay there versus the tradition of what we've been exposed to naturally. So if you want to eat well, play well, and be well, it all starts with that gut biome and that process in which Scott talked about. So with that guy, stay hungry and stay humble. And we'll see you next week.